Welcome to Find Myself Free, the podcast. I'm Ellie Young, alcohol-free life coach, mom, and athlete. I'm dedicated to helping others change their relationship to alcohol by sharing my journey of transformation. Fascinated by my own capacity for change after decades of gray area drinking, I'm passionate about sharing what I've learned from neuroscience and positive psychology to help you break free from the drinking cycle and unlock your true potential. Hear my personal stories of triumph and struggle as I navigate raising two boys, finding myself after 40, building a business, and doing it all alcohol-free. From women's health and cycle syncing to fasting and biohacking, this podcast is your roadmap to a healthier, purpose-filled life that starts with changing your relationship to alcohol. It's time to embrace change, find balance, and create the life you were meant for. Welcome to Find Myself Free. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Find Myself Free. It is the fourth week of dry January, January 24th, and this episode is all about asking for more, not just out of life, but of asking more from yourself. If you've been participating in my dry January, we have covered a lot of ground this month. If you've been engaging with the content, you know this isn't a normal dry January where I just ask you to stop drinking and will power your way through it, which is like what most people do. This is different. We are utilizing actual tactics to change our brains. We are relying on neuroplasticity. We've been investigating like little sleuths all the reasons we drink. And despite all of our lives being very different, It usually boils down to the same reasons. We drink to check out or relax. We drink to connect socially, to fit in. And we drink because we think it makes us happy. We think it makes things more joyful and more fun. So we've been waking up to all the whys behind our drinking. And we've been challenging the beliefs that keep us seeing alcohol as the answer to so many of our needs. Like, does alcohol really help me relax? Well, shoot, now I know it fills me with stress hormones, adrenaline, and cortisol, so no. Does alcohol make me happy? Well, shoot, I got a little sloppy last night. I don't really know what I said. The details are a little fuzzy, even though I only planned to have one, and then I showed up hungover to my kid's game. Damn, I am definitely not happy doing that. So we now have this awareness that is chipping away at our subconscious thoughts, and it's starting to make it hopefully a little easier to say no to the booze. It doesn't have as quite that alluring, you know, draw. So after stringing some time together alcohol-free this month, we got to focus on what we're gaining, right? The leveling up of our health. All of those health benefits now are starting to stack up and it allows us to visualize more easily this future self that is thriving alcohol-free. We are getting like a little taste of it and it's so good, but we're still completely terrified of the idea of continuing. Of course, nobody goes into this saying, I'm not going to drink forever. That's like, you've just been dating this alcohol-free, let's call him a boyfriend for the month. And you're not ready to marry him. I love this analogy. It's a pretty good one. Of course, you're not ready to marry him, but are things going pretty well? You're like, yeah, right? But every now and then, the toxic ex, alcohol keeps trying to sneak its way back in. So what's next for you? 
it's January 24th. This is the last week. It's going to be coming to a close. And you may be looking back and feeling really good about how much progress you made, or maybe you realize, man, this was like a lot harder than I expected. But I also want you to evaluate how much did you actually engage with this content, my content of dry January, um, these podcasts, how much did you engage with the science that I shared? How much did you engage with changing your thoughts and beliefs about alcohol? Or were you really just kind of relying on willpower, just kind of dipping your toe in? Maybe you were just like avoiding people and places and staying home and kind of hibernating. Hey, I totally did that too. Um, But like I said, my first dry January, I drank a total of nine times. I basically just drank on the weekends, which was a huge reduction for me. So it was a massive improvement from almost daily drinking. But I was miserable and I was still feeling like shit every time I drank, even though I I was only like was limiting myself to two. But I hadn't actually learned anything that month other than giving myself perhaps like a little perspective of how good it felt to not drink. And I definitely learned that, man, it was really tough to moderate. I was able to only drink the two glasses of wine, but it wasn't enjoyable. It wasn't fun for me. I spent so much brain energy just thinking about the drinks and being done and being like, okay, now I'm not going to have any more fun, right? Like I can't have any more. Ugh, it was miserable. It was just consumed me. So that was a big learning experience. Every single time I did drink in this month was me attempting to cut back. It was a massive learning experience and I needed those moments to kind of continue to provide data points for me on what I really wanted and where I was going with all of this. But February was when I actually started reading some books. I read Quit Like a Woman by Holly Whitaker. I've shared this book a hundred times and also This Naked Mind by Annie Grace. And this is the book that really cemented the deal for me. This is the program that I am now certified in. Um, I did a six-month certification course, and that's why these tactics are now like a second language to me. This methodology is ingrained in me in such a way, and I believe in it so wholeheartedly that that is what you're going to get in my coaching programs. Um, And it's so interesting that had I not attempted the dry January and kind of failed at it. I don't know if I would have been in the place where I was all of a sudden ready to learn this new information. I think I needed to be frustrated by the failure, frustrated with the trial and error. I think sometimes it takes this effort to get you to that next place. And hopefully you've been following along with me and engaging with my content and videos and all the stuff I've shared because That way you were getting this learning in real time, sooner than I actually did. I really didn't learn a lot of this stuff until after I had stopped drinking. A lot of what I learned was later on, but it did help reinforce um, me not drinking. So if you are trying not to drink and you're listening to this information and hopefully some things are clicking into place, some stuff in your subconscious is starting to shift your mindset around alcohol. That's really what happened for me is once that information was in there and I couldn't unlearn it and I couldn't look at alcohol the same way, but I still had to go about my life and try and navigate it. 
And it was awkward. It was endlessly awkward because I literally couldn't picture myself as a non-drinker and trying to navigate my world, which was a drinking world. So that is when I hired a coach. I actually used a coach in Holly Whitaker's old company. I don't think it exists anymore or it's been transformed into something else. It was called Tempest. It was Tempest Academy. And I worked with a coach there for four months. She was awesome. She was, um, I don't even know the word for it. I think it's like an herbologist or somebody who studies plants and plant medicine. And so she would always recommend like, oh, you know, you should you should work with rosemary. Rosemary helps create like a layer of protection. And um, she would always just kind of say these things. And I didn't quite grasp it sometimes, but all I remember is being like, there was a rosemary, uh, rosemary bush, like on my street. And I just grabbed like a, a stick of it and just like kept it in my pocket and would like rub it on my hands and smell it. And I was like, oh, I'm creating a layer of protection. This was in those, those weeks and months when I felt a little raw, you know, anxiety. I was a little bit raw is the word for it because I was feeling all the things that I hadn't felt in a really long time. And, you know, some of this was very woo woo, but I liked it because there was science to it. And I really, I really enjoyed it. And opening yourself up in that way is transformative. And, and having somebody to talk to was a game changer for me. I had never really done therapy before. Um, so the whole idea of kind of sitting down and facing someone and and opening up to someone was very new to me. Um, So the first time I sat down with her and it was over zoom and I had to face her and I had to, okay, I didn't have to, I just did. I told her about my drinking and how it felt, the struggle that I felt, the shame. And I cried. I cried a lot that first call because It was the first time I was not only being honest with someone else about my drinking, but also being honest with myself. I think that's really what coaching does is that it takes this thing inside you that's very, very private and it puts it out into the world to be worked on. It turns something that you were kind of privately, secretly hoping and wishing for, and it creates real intention around it. It's like, it's no longer hiding in this place where, well, if I don't fix it, no one will really know. And no one will even really know that I was trying. I don't have to fail at it publicly. I can just kind of keep it to myself and I can just kind of hope that it gets better. And instead this enrollment of a coach it puts this possibility out into the world like, hey, now's it, now there's this other person who knows what I'm going through and is here to guide me. And what I realize is that it changes you psychologically when you hire somebody because you, you're, now, you're now taking yourself seriously. You now have skin in the game. And yes, that means you paid for this, right? You paid money to this other person. But that motion it activates you. What it does, it kind of makes it all real because now you're invested and now you are going after this thing and you have a witness, you have a coach, someone in your corner whose job it is to guide you. Because you are willing to invest, you mean business. You want the answer. You want the delivery of the change. 
And so you do start to change. You change your willingness to do the work, your willingness to show up, your willingness to think about things, to open up and consider new possibilities and to put energy and effort and time into it. It is now all real. You're like, I'm doing this. I've committed. It makes the commitment more tangible. And that changes you. That changes you as a person. And it provides a type of momentum that you just can't get on your own. Now, I'm a highly motivated person. And I'm a total lone ranger. I I really like to work alone. But my life was forever changed from the four months of coaching that I did. And now... Like literally just last month, I actually hired a coach again myself because I am so eager for more growth. And I I want to enroll someone else in my possibilities and say, hey, these are the big things I'm going after now and I need help. I need guidance on how to get there. Help me get there. Hold me accountable. Be the person that I can bounce my ideas off of and share things with and tell you my deepest fears, my insecurities. And this person has the experience to guide me. And that's what I want. You know, before I hired a coach, just when I was doing dry dry January, I was doing it kind of in isolation. I was doing it uh, more superficially. It was like, I'm doing this thing. A lot of people do this thing. And I'm going to try, you know, just one foot in, one foot out. But, you know, I didn't take it very seriously. And that's why it quickly shifted into not even a full dry month. I, I just stepped down to drinking only on the weekends, but trying to cut back and only allowing myself two drinks. I was basically like living in the land of torturous moderation. And you know, by me not taking it so seriously, it was like I was not holding myself up to any standard. I was just like, oh, I'm going to try this thing. I'm going to try, but I didn't do it with anybody else. There was no carrot dangling in front of me and there was no stick. Um, Other than my shame, and pain of yet another hangover, which there were, even with me only drinking two drinks. You know, I didn't even ask my husband to do it with me. I didn't really let anybody know how much it actually mattered to me because I didn't want to be somebody who was trying to do dry January and failing at it, right? I guess I was giving myself an out. So I ended up drinking nine times that month, and I was disappointed but also so conflicted still. I knew I felt better not drinking. I I liked who I was a lot better when I wasn't drinking, but it still felt like such a sacrifice. And I also had reservations of hiring a coach. This moment of like, whoa, am I somebody who needs to hire someone to get help with their drinking? Just those even words, I need help with my drinking. It creates so much shame. But yet I had no problem hiring like a private trainer or paying some, you know, dietitian to give me a special diet, right? But this, it it creates the stigma that there's something wrong with you, that you've somehow, you know, screwed up and that now you're in this camp of people who have to, you have to handle this now. And that's really quite the opposite of what ended up happening in my coaching experience and how I really feel about it now. because. The help I got and the way I changed was revolutionary. I want to take the stigma and the shame about confronting your relationship with alcohol and throw it out the door. It is something you should be proud of. It is something you should be eager to share because hands down, it is hard. It is hard. It is the hardest thing you're going to do. 
It is harder than any diet. It is harder than any fitness plan because alcohol is everywhere and it is removing an emotional crutch that we have used our entire lives. So getting help with this, tackling this, yeah, that means you are different. It means you are asking more of yourself. It means you want a better life and you know how to get there, getting alcohol out of the way. So having somebody to talk to who had been through what I had been through and who knew what I was after and where I was headed. And, you know, a coach isn't, isn't just for people that are struggling. Of course not. A coach is someone to celebrate your wins with. I was so excited to meet with my coach every week and just share how much progress I was making and how much I was changing. And she would give me all sorts of different tactics to help, you know, get through these things that were coming up in my life. Like the biggest one, my 40th birthday. So I was only about six weeks sober when my 40th birthday came up. And I was I had canceled a big 40th birthday trip to Cabo and instead replaced it with a trip with my family and parents to Palm Springs like we rented an Airbnb with a pool. Um and I was supposed to go to this birthday party with a bunch of other women that were t- turning 40. And I knew I just couldn't do it. Um, I knew that's not how I wanted to start the next decade, waking up hungover in Cabo, you know, feeling ashamed, feeling fat, feeling bloated and tired, and just not liking myself, not living in alignment with who I knew I was supposed to be. And my coach helped me navigate all of that. So not only did I have to like, figure out what I was going to say to these friends who really didn't know what I was going through and what I was dealing with. Um, I also had to go and navigate my family um, who are very much a gregarious bunch of drinkers themselves and, and face all of that. Um, And, you know, and it wasn't just the hard stuff that she helped me get through. It was also having somebody to just like high five me and be like, yeah, you're doing it. And this is what it feels like. And this is what you have. And this is what you you can look forward to. And, you know, because again, what you're doing is often a very, it's a private journey and your friends, they won't really understand unless they're doing it themselves. It's really, really hard for them to understand. Most people, when they see what you're doing in your relationship to alcohol, they can only think of themselves and their relationship to alcohol. And usually they get really defensive and they just want to justify their drinking and be like, well, I'm not like you. I'm like this. This is my drinking. It's safe and benign and not problematic. And and, and that's fine. That's totally fine. But that's not the kind of support you're going to need right now. In fact, friends can often be some of the hardest people to be around in the beginning, especially if they aren't, you know, kind of in alignment with your new goals. I definitely went through that. But honestly, for every kind of door that closed, another one opened. And one of my other friends kind of explained it like this. It's like seasons. People come in and out of your life in different seasons. And that is okay. None of it is permanent. Um, it's just you need to pay attention to what you need right now. But these ne- next steps are really about you asking for more to get really, really bold about what you want for yourself. Do you want to just dip your toe in 
Or are you ready to dive in? Are you ready to go deeper and experience true freedom in your relationship to alcohol and see where that takes you? True freedom exists when your world is no longer confined by the parameters of alcohol. Like, this is the only way to socialize, and this is the only way to have fun, and this is the only way to relax. All of a sudden, you're just like, oh, wait, I don't have to be limited by this beverage anymore. And once you kind of crack that open, and you're just like, oh my God, I have all this other life to live that has nothing to do with alcohol. That is just a revolutionary moment. It is true freedom. So some people get there sooner than others. You know, they learn this information, they learn the science of what alcohol is doing, and they're just like, holy shit, I can't. I don't want to drink anymore. I was a relatively early adopter of this information. Once I read these books, I was kind of like, yep, don't want to drink. But it was still really, really tough. You're still going to have cravings. You're still going to be in triggering environments for really the whole first year. Once you've gone through every season and kind of done all the events, all the holidays, all the birthdays, all the weddings, parties, you name it, alcohol-free, then you have this perspective and you can see the contrast of how you used to be living and going through these events while drinking and how amazing it feels to be a non-drinker through this part now. So you usually go into these things this first year with a beginner's mind. And instead of being like, ah, this isn't going to be any fun. I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm deprived. You are instead like, I am a newborn baby. I don't know what this event's going to be like. I don't, I've never done it like this because I've never shown up in this way, but I'm going to meet new people I'm going to feel completely different because I'm not under the influence of a neurotoxin. And that is awesome. And it changes your entire experience. You are going to be re-experiencing these things kind of like for the first time. And you will be blown away by just how much more you take in, how much more vibrant these experiences can be. Wait till you go on vacation alcohol-free. That will completely blow your mind. The myth of the vacation and requiring alcohol to enjoy yourself is kind of one of the last ones to go. And once it does, you're just like, oh my gosh, where else in the world do I want to go alcohol-free now? Because it is like the world becomes your oyster. Um, and you know that's why my coaching is is very different than the coaching I got because it is filled with tactics that are going to help you change your thoughts and beliefs. We are working on your neuroplasticity. So I'm not just teaching you how to abstain. I'm teaching you how to change your brain so that you can cultivate a completely new life that you love. And it's also filled with a ton of positive psychology and future self-thinking that is really designed to not only give you tangible tactics that you can use in the moment on the actual habit, on the actual behavior changing, but also so you can start designing the life you want to live. And you get to be really ambitious and, you know, I want to say greedy or selfish, but it's like, why can't you have those things? Why can't you have this life? 
this life that you've only ever dreamt for? Why can't you start living that way now? You know, what's holding you back? Because alcohol, once it's out of the way, you are going to be blown away by what you're capable of. Your thoughts alone, the way you see yourself, your self-esteem, your self-confidence, your self-trust, your integrity, it's just going to skyrocket. Because alcohol was a depressant. Alcohol was keeping you stuck, keeping you small. And so that's what one-on-one coaching does. It's going deeper, having someone to personally tailor tactics and an approach that is specific to you and your life. Hearing what you're going through, what your unique challenges are, and then saying, yep, here's how we do that. And here are some of the things that worked for me. And then going for it. Having an implementation plan that you can say, okay, for this next week, these are my three priorities, and this is how I'm going to get there. This is how I'm going to do it. That's what that's what coaching's about. And then it's all about the growth. What comes next? What will you do? What will you see? Who will you become? And those possibilities are the most exciting, transformative part. You just can't see it yet. I didn't know I was going to end up here, but now that I know what's possible, now I'm getting even more ambitious and more aggressive and more intentional about the steps I'm taking for what's next. Because I'm saying, oh my gosh, I was able to change this much in the last three years. Okay, here's what I want now. Here's what I want in the next five years. And I'm going after it now. I hired a coach and I'm also signed up for an alcohol-free women's retreat in Costa Rica in April. I know that's the kind of growth I'm after now. I want to expand even further and see where that takes me. So this is not about me. This is about your journey. And although there are a lot of similarities, I'm sure, in our stories, no two journeys are the same. There is no wrong or right way to go about this. I know one thing for sure. It has to start with you. The next step of where you want this to go It's in your court. One month alcohol-free can feel like an eternity, I know. But you blink and it's over. What do you want for the next 11 months? Ultimately, I honestly don't care if you decide to go back to drinking all the time or only on occasion or special events. Everybody's different. I care that you are okay with how you feel in your relationship to alcohol. You're here for a reason because something wasn't lining up with alcohol and your intuition was telling you, I deserve better. So give yourself something better, whatever that is for you, but be intentional about it. Take charge and take care of yourself. It has been an absolute pleasure being with you for dry January. If you are interested in my coaching programs, please check me out at findmyselffree.com. And of course, if you are interested in one-on-one coaching, you can always set up a call to see if we're a good fit. Thank you for being here. And as always, I am with you. You got this. Hey team, you've just listened to an episode of Find Myself Free. And if some part of this left you wanting more, If your curiosity has been piqued and your intuition is telling you, I'm ready for more, I'm ready to look at my relationship to alcohol and find out just how much it's holding me back, then check out my coaching offers at findmyselffree.com. 
For those ready to kickstart a change privately on their own time, I offer the Brave Course, a seven-day program to shift your mindset around alcohol and connect with your future self. This is chock full of all the information that was key to my transformation. If you're looking for additional support, I also offer one-on-one coaching. I worked with a coach for four months at the start of my alcohol-free journey, and it made all the difference. Being able to talk to someone who knew what I was going through and could help me navigate my new world gave me a foundation of support I could build on, and it's a big reason why I'm a coach today. I want to help others find their freedom and level up their health. If this sounds good to you, then connect with me at findmyselffree.com. Listen to that intuition that was telling you you are meant for more. I'm with you. You got this.